today on CityCast Denver. Next month, one of Denver's newest and most important efforts to combat homelessness is leaving Cap Hill for the wealthy enclave of South Park Hill. And of course, not everyone is thrilled about that. Park Hill United Methodist Church is offering up the church's parking lot off Montview and Glencoe. Speak to all the neighbors before you made this decision. Not all neighbors are on board. But regardless of where it's located, the Temporary Safe Outdoor Spaces program is doing a lot of good. I'll talk to two people behind it about why they think it should continue. This is a part of a a political process, and we are doing this uh, because we live in a city where there's a thousand people sleeping outdoors, and things don't have to be that way. Today is Monday, May 3rd, 2021. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's take a look at the news. (laughs) A chilly reminder that it's still not summer yet. Denver will see temperatures in the mid-40s and steady rain throughout the morning and afternoon. The city has announced that appointments are no longer needed at any of its five community vaccination sites. Montbello and Kennedy High Schools, along with Martin Luther King, Barnum, and Swansea Rec Centers are now taking walk-ins. Call 720-865-3005 for hours and availability. Last week, Mayor Hancock announced that the city would extend its temporary outdoor expansion program for restaurants and bars. This means businesses that expanded their outdoor seating into sidewalks, parking lots, and streets can do so through October 2022. On Friday, we brought you the story of David Gordon, a man who has been living on and off the streets here in Denver for more than 10 years. He talked about finding a temporary home at a new kind of shelter called a safe outdoor space. Here's how David described it. It, it was, had a good, safe feeling. And the tents were, you know, they, they looked nice. You could tell it was temporary, but it felt, it felt permanent enough. Basically, each safe outdoor space is a fenced-off parking lot filled with rows of ice fishing tents and communal living areas. The city approved the program last July as a temporary pandemic measure, and the group running the program, the Colorado Village Collaborative, opened two safe outdoor spaces in Capitol Hill late last year. But the thing is, no matter how well the safe outdoor spaces have been working for people like David, the city only ever intended them to be temporary. And one of the spaces is moving at the end of the month to a church parking lot in South Park Hill. It opens June 1st. And this is in the middle of a residential area. And a lot of people who live in this neighborhood tell me that bringing homeless from downtown into Park Hill doesn't make much sense. On the show today are Cole Chandler, executive director of the Colorado Village Collaborative, and Pastor Nathan Adams of Park Hill United Methodist Church. I wanted to talk to them about the program, the reception they've had in Park Hill, and the future of safe outdoor spaces. Pastor Nathan, a few weeks ago, your church in Park Hill invited Cole and his organization to set up a safe outdoor space in your parking lot. Can you talk about what brought you to that decision? At Park Hill UMC, it, it's, uh, we have a long history of trying to do our best to live out our faith um, and the understanding that, that Christ calls us to love our neighbors um, and to love them as ourselves. And that's especially true for our most vulnerable neighbors, which are our neighbors that are on house would certainly fall into that category. Um, and so Park Hill has been a place throughout its history, especially beginning in the 
50s and 60s of social justice, of putting our faith into action. Mm. And so uh, this past fall, uh, fall of 2020, uh, there'd been some kind of murmuring and stirrings uh, amongst some of our membership uh, around housing and affordable housing particularly. And so a group uh, formed in the fall, probably about 10 to 15 folks, and they really began to look at what are the options? What is a church, uh, you know, with who we are and our size and our assets, what are what would we be able to do? Um, we had one member who had already been uh, serving and working with uh, those experiencing homelessness, and she uh, actually dropped off an individual at one of the safe outdoors spaces in January, I believe, and kind of looked around the space and and began to imagine and dream and said, "Hey, I think I think we might be able to do this. I think God might be asking us to do this. Um, there's a need, and we might be able to fulfill that." And I know you said your your congregation was very game for this, and the church itself was very interested in working with the population experiencing homelessness. But I wonder how this worked in the larger context of your neighborhood, because South Park Hill is predominantly affluent, older, single-family homes. It looks a lot different than, say, Capitol Hill, where the two safe outdoor spaces are now. What was the response from the neighborhood to your congregation's decision? Yeah, I think our... Uh response from the neighborhood has been mixed, right? Where there have been folks that from the from day one have been extremely excited, extremely supportive, want to know how they can volunteer, how can they advocate for this. And there have been others that have had concerns uh, and that, and, and then others still that don't want this in the neighborhood at all. And so I, I think this is an opportunity for our neighborhood um, to, to set another example and to be an example of how we can come together. And yes, in a neighborhood that looks different in some ways from Capitol Hill, um, but still can come together to to support and to care for, to give dignity to uh, some of our most vulnerable neighbors. And Cole, so South Park Hill is not super close to the part of downtown where other service providers are located. Um, has this? Do you see this being a challenge for this new location or sort of how do you look at it? So we're in the midst of a housing and homelessness crisis. Uh, we have, you know, over a thousand people that are sleeping outside on a given night. And in order to respond to that as a city, we need safe outdoor spaces, we need tiny home villages, we need similar strategies all around the city. And so our vision is for spreading this model into every city council district. And part of the way that we've built around that is we've built these sites to be all-inclusive. So when we designed this model, we designed it in the midst of safer at home orders, when none of us were supposed to be leaving our homes. And so Part of our goal was to provide a space so that uh, our neighbors on the streets had a place to stay safe at home. And so uh, what that looks like is providing hand washing, providing trash, providing meals on a daily basis, bringing everything to the site that someone really needs uh, in order to, to stay safe and to be healthy and to be well. And people can come and go as they choose. And so people have the ability to walk down public sidewalks and ride their bike down public bike lanes and jump on public transportation to get downtown. We provide uh, transportation uh, assistance for Lyft and Uber rides. And we're also looking into a shuttle service between um, safe outdoor spaces and downtown destinations. So again, it's that autonomy piece that's really crucial here. Absolutely. Um, Cole, I wanted to ask you about this quote from a neighbor in 
in a recent Westward piece, and it says that John Kinning says he feels that Chandler and others behind the safe camping site move are trying to make a political statement by setting up a site in South Park Hill. He says he's trying to sensationalize it and put it in people's faces because they want to do something about it, says Kinning. Um, Cole, do you think that the SOS program is a political statement beyond housing people that need homes? I think people need homes and the ways that we sort of work out um, the ways that human lives have access to services and human bodies um, have access to health and well, well-being and equity is, is political. Um, so this is a part of a, a political process. Um, and we are doing this uh, because we live in a city where there's a thousand people sleeping outdoors and things don't have to be that way. It's, it's, I'm, you make such a great point. I mean, this is everything is political that involves us as human beings, so we can't separate those things. So the reason why the Safe Outdoor Space program is leaving Capitol Hill is because the lease was only for six months. Cole, is there a reason there's a time limit on this clearly much-needed program? So, you know, there's a number of, of reasons um, why the spaces have been temporary, Um First and foremost, it was, it was a pilot project. It had never been done before. It was launched in Capitol Hill. And so um, launching it with those parameters creates, you know, a certain ability to sort of see how it works and, and wind it down if it's something that doesn't need to continue on. Um, but that's not been the case. It's been extremely successful. We've had no problems with the site. We've had over 180 case management uh, appointments delivered. We have had a 0% positive COVID testing rate. We've um, had... 32 vaccinations delivered to our site. We've had seven people move into longer term housing options. We have a dozen people that are working or um, connected to employment services. And so it's been extremely positive and, and it needs to move forward. Um, but then as we look at it moving forward, um, you know, we're, we are looking for a variety of land options, right? And, and so um, a longer, a piece of our longer term strategy is to think about longer term land acquisition. But we're a small nonprofit with a small budget, and we're not in a position to be owning land at this point. And so uh, for us, a very important partner and a very important piece of the puzzle is congregations that can make their land available. And Pastor Nathan, is the lease on your church's parking lot also time limited? It is, yeah. So the temporary safe outdoor space will go through December 31st. Okay. And then we'll, to be determined... <laughs> Well, I, I just really have one last question. So we talked with an SOS resident, David Gordon, last week, and he brought up this uh, issue of trust. A lot of people don't trust. The, the, the trust levels are, are really bad, and therefore they won't let a case manager handle it. And he said a lack of trust among the homeless community leads some people to not want to work with case managers. And a lack of trust led a good friend of his to not want to stay at the SOS in Capitol Hill. Do you feel like the temporary nature of these spaces exacerbates that lack of trust? Or what what do you see as being the trust builder in this situation? I think in every case, the trust builder is human relationship, direct human to human contact. And one of the particular ways that we work to advance that relationship building is by really placing a focus on hiring people that have direct lived experience of homelessness and other life challenges. And so um, we're we're hiring people that have been there, done that, and can build relationships in a in a different kind of way. The people there, they don't they don't judge you on where you are. They they just they treat you like you know like as a equal, and that's what made it so 
so appealing. It's the treatment that, that I got there. I felt almost at home. I felt I did feel at home. I felt welcomed, and and that was the one thing that that said, oh, I can I can deal with this. The reality is that what safe outdoor spaces are bringing to our unsheltered neighbors is they're bringing um, stability and they're bringing peace of mind and they're bringing hope. And we've seen early signs of that success and plan to continue growing that uh, by providing stability and by building trust. Again, we don't wanna have to have the need to provide a temporary safe outdoor spaces, but the need already exists. And so since the need exists, how do we shift and to say, look, we, we have the resources, we have the people, we have the will to make this happen. We get to do this. We get to, we get to make 50 or dozens of new friends, dozens of new uh, neighbors, um, dozens of new relationships. And so to my colleagues and others, uh, just like I did uh, with the, some of the pastors at the two current Safe Outdoor Spaces, I'd say, uh, give me a buzz, uh, shoot me an email, and let's... Uh, go for a walk, let's have a cup of coffee, and we'll talk about it. After we published Friday's episode with David Gordon, we tried to get in touch with him to see what his plans are now that his time at the Safe Outdoor Space in Cap Hill is over. We couldn't get him on a call, but Elizabeth Monahan at the Denver Voice said she saw him and that he told her he's heading to Aurora to stay with some family. If you want to get in touch with Cole or Nathan to talk about how to set up a safe outdoor space in your neighborhood, we're going to put all the links you need in the show notes for this episode. Last Thursday, we had a blast talking all things Elish Gardens with Hallie Hagland, and we put out a call for your Elish's memories. Today, our first memory comes from Slate Political Gadfest co-host David Plotz, who just so happens to be CityCast CEO. And around 1978, when I was eight years old or so, my grandmother took me and my brother on a vacation to see cousins in Denver. And that was my first trip out west, and I loved it. And we went to Elitch's, which was also definitely my first time at an amusement park. I was a very dutiful and obedient child generally, but when I got through the gates at Elitch's, I was so excited, I just ran off. I bolted. I bolted and disappeared. My family panicked, but then they found me half an hour later, happy as a clam, playing skee-ball. It is truly one of my happiest childhood memories. So I say thanks, Elitches. But we still want to hear from you. If you're an old Elitches person, a new Elitches person, or a never Elitches person, record a memory on your phone and email it to us at denver at citycast.fm. Tell me your name, your Elitches, and make me laugh, dang it. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our saucy morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Busted through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. It's the news. Oh, yeah.